Hello and welcome to another episode. Welcome um, back. Yeah, we're actually recording this episode right after we recorded the first episode. So super duper fun. Uh, we're going to talk about our book club, our Mr. Mercedes. Um, something we should have mentioned in the first one is this book has a lot of trigger warnings. Um, yes. And there's like a lot of talk of suicide, there's infant death, there's divorce, there's child abuse, there's incest, like sexual abuse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just a few of the things. Um, There's a lot. So if any of those things might. Uh, not be okay with you maybe stay away from this book join us in the next one um yes. totally fine yeah yeah no hard feelings from either of us <laughs> no not at all yeah okay so now we're going to talk about the first part that we were we scheduled to read, which is from the beginning up until Poison Rat. Rat poison? Yeah, poison bait. Poison bait, not rat. Here we go. Um, a lot happened. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Stephen King did not wait. No. There was no lead up. The first section, all I could say at the very end was, <laughs> Several expletives. I'm um, so upset at where we ended off because oh, I well, want to know what happens next. I am literally I dying to know. I know. Should we kind of go through from the beginning? Yeah. You want to start okay. us off with the summary? Uh, I, I'll start with Gray Mercedes. Okay. Okay. So basically, it starts off in 2009. It's just after the Great Recession. There's tons of people who still don't have jobs and are in really dire financial straits. Um, there's a big job fair, and people are lining up super early, like we're talking 10 p.m. the night before, and they're staying all night. The main characters here are Augie, Janice, and Janice's infant, Patty. Um, Augie met Janice and Patty in line, and they start chatting. Um, After a bit, Augie offers his sleeping bag to Janice and Patty, and she falls asleep um, in the bag to help keep Patty warm from the damp uh, night air. Uh, Time passes. It's like five in the morning. You can start seeing the sun starting to shed some light on the world. More cars are lining up and trying to find parking for the job fair. Uh, most cards are really beat up and in dire uh, maintenance straits, except for a Mercedes-Benz, which everybody notices because it's sticking out like a sore thumb. And just as people are starting to really notice and comment, the Mercedes suddenly turns into the crowd and starts running people over. Um, you end the entire section with Augie, Janice, and Patty being run over. It's horrible. I think I almost cried. Um, I'm pretty sure I did too. 
that was yeah so I, much like I think I think I just shut the book and like left it there for a day or two yeah um and it was like right after you started really getting a feel for who Augie was and yeah, you really start to he's learn a nice guy. A wonder- he's a wonderful guy he's very caring right? and he was smart too like he was thinking yeah. of ways to plan for how they could maybe get a better chance at getting jobs if they go in as a couple instead of as individuals yeah. And, and he was going to take Janice out for breakfast afterwards yeah. and not, and he was specifically saying like, not in a romantic way, but in like, yeah. a genuinely, I care boat. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're in the same boat here. And just the end, how, how it all ended, like he could have survived. He really could have, because he had the time he could have jumped out of the way, but Instead, he threw himself, threw himself over on Janice top and of Patty. her and, and the baby. And even his last thought was something selfless. He's thinking, I mm-hmm. hope that this baby is still asleep. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, oh it really, it really hits you. I've got, I've got the goosebumps right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's it like, just, it, it touches your you heart. You feel the chaos. You do. Is like, yeah, you feel the chaos of the situation, and it just it's heart-wrenching. Like, yeah. people who do that kind of thing are just not okay. Yeah. And, like, when Augie made the decision to jump on top of them, like, it was so mm-hmm. nonsensical, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you kind of, like, you get it, because I don't know about you, but, like, I've been in situations, nothing like that, nothing like Mm. that, but situations where you have a split-minute decision and you don't make the right choice, and... Is there a right choice? Because, I mean, if he made the other choice, he just... He would have had to live with Janice and Patty. Yeah. Yeah. He had just left them without doing anything, and the only thing he could have done to help them is try to shield them. Yeah. And it's, it's just, yeah, you really get thrown into the whole emotional part of it because you develop a sense of care and love for these characters right before. In such a short period of time. In such a short period of time. And then you witness their untimely death. And especially, Hmm. like, for a baby to go through something like that, too. That was an emotional was, roller coaster. And she was literally only there because the mother could not afford a babysitter. Yeah. And like I when the recession happened in 2008, I think I was hmm. 12 at the time. Yeah, I was hmm. 12 at the time. And I remember just kind of watching the chaos around me, but not understanding what it really meant. Um, my Mm -hmm. dad was laid off and this was in Canada the recession happened really in America but it was so big that it that it expanded into other countries too but Mm -hmm. like I remember some of the impacts of like a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people couldn't afford food you know things were very Mm -hmm. tight financially for so many families and just 
thinking that this car comes to these people who are so desperate that they're waiting overnight for a shot at a job at a job fair and it's not even going to be good jobs either it's like very mediocre very just anything yeah just anything to get food on the table yeah but they were targeted by a sadistic monster because they could Yeah, that was gut-wrenching. Yeah, I was not okay after that. And I think that's a normal response. I think so, too. (sighs) Anywho, shall we move on to the next one? Because I think there's some things I want to talk about from that. um, In the second one. that, but it's later. Yep, I think that's very fair. Yeah, I'm trying to find one other part, but I can't find it right now. Um, I found another part that I was looking for, but did you want to do the summary for debt ret? So section two, debt ret, um, you meet Bill Hodges, who is our true main character of the story. He is a retired detective, and he's living a very boring life right now. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a lot of time. Well, he has all the time in the world, but he doesn't. So he's super bored to the point that he Mm -hmm. even contemplates suicide. He's playing with guns in his home. And it's just a very, very sad situation. He's divorced. Mm -hmm. He's alone. He doesn't feel like he has anybody. The life that he led was rather exciting, being a police officer and detective for like 40 years. And now he's just gaining weight and not living his best life. So suddenly he gets a strange letter. And in the letter, he notices a little pool emoji the one with the sunglasses and the smile Mm -hmm. and to him that's a familiar sign so he opens it and it turns out that it's a letter from the mercedes killer and Mm -hmm. the mercedes killer is taunting him and titillating him throughout the letter he's Mm -hmm. borderline trying to say yeah you should maybe think about suicide a little bit more and this may or may not be because he knows about Detective Hodges putting a gun in his mouth contemplating if he's going to end it all right then and there. So Mm -hmm. he as an investigator decides that you know he needs to take this letter seriously and you know did this come from the real killer? Is it somebody who's just playing with his mind? And he starts to get very paranoid. He's looking out his window right away, looking to see if anybody's watching him. You know, he sees these male guys and people walking on the streets. And Mm -hmm. he may not have seen an ice cream truck, but he just, he doesn't know what it is or who it is. And he doesn't necessarily trust the letter that the person who wrote it is being honest and forthcoming with what they're saying. So mm-hmm. instead of turning the letter over to the police and his partner, ex-partner who has taken on 
the case, he decides, you know, I'm going to investigate this myself and see what I can find out. And it mm -hmm. kind of sparks life back into him again, something that he hasn't been feeling lately. And he, you know, he gets that spark in him. So yeah. after some time, he's doing analysis on the letter and he reaches out eventually to his old partner to see if they can meet up. And they do. They go for lunch and the detective just tells him, listen, there's nothing really new going on with these cases or with this case in particular, but other cases that he had open while he retired might have some movement, but he's obviously not involved and doesn't care about those cases. He only cares mm. about the Mercedes killer and what's happening with that. So um, later on, we go to a new scene where we meet a young Brady Hartfield. He is a... He's about 28, I think, in the book, and mm -hmm. he is working a menial job. He wants to go back to college to pursue his degree in computer programming, but he's a smart kid in general. He works a ton of jobs. He has a poor relationship with his family. He doesn't really have any friends. He's very complacent in his life, where he lets people just talk all over him and he doesn't necessarily have a huge personality outwards. Um, he's just very apathetic. So as we come to learn, he is the Mercedes killer. And mm -hmm. he's very mentally unstable. He admits that he's harassed. Olivia Trelawney, who is the owner of the Mercedes that he stole to commit his crimes. And he is trying to do the same thing to Hodges. He has been spying on him for some time and really sees his insecurities and is trying to get him to commit suicide. Um, he made up a lot of the information that was in the letter. He is a very intelligent person and knows exactly what he's doing and he really wants for Hodges to commit suicide. He wants him dead. He wants him out of the way and he hates the boss that he has. He killed his younger brother and his mom helped to cover it up and maybe even instigated it and mm -hmm. it's it's just a very very sad, deranged situation. So, um, after that, we basically go back to Hodges, where he's thinking about Olivia, Trelawney, and he and the rest of the police and the media seemed like they were very convinced that she had some part to do with it, that she held some of the responsibility as to what happened with the crime, because all the evidence shows that she must have left her key in the ignition or somehow left her vehicle vulnerable to be stolen, to be used to commit such a crime. And as a wealthy, affluent woman in the, from a very wealthy neighborhood, in a very dark time, people didn't 
really have a lot of empathy towards her. So he was a successory. And we go back at the very end and, you know, we find out Brady is also an ice cream man. Mm -hmm. And that's where that section ends off. Yeah. A lot to unpack here. So much. So much information. So much. Yeah. I. Some thoughts that I, I know I've recorded were um, like how is Hodges going to become a very three-dimensional character? Because especially in the beginning, he feels very like stereotypical retired detective coming back onto the scene. I still feel that way a little bit, but definitely his, like, like, we'll get more into it in the next section, but, like, the way that he's behaving and treats people um, kind of helps a little bit, but I'm still, like, "Mm, we'll see. I had a... It's a great read, but... It is. Um, With the way that he treats people... Um, just on that note, I could not get past how sexist he was. Like, right? I, I do like him as a character. I think he is a genuinely good person. But he's very much that, like, stereotypical, old perverted school. old man. Yes. Like. But he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily treat people outwards like that. No, and that's where that's I think I still like him. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I think I still like him is because he's at least not like you know, when you're like from my experience as a server, you get all these really creepy guys coming in like mm-hmm. like one time I literally had a guy who was sitting in the restaurant that I was working at and the restaurant was empty. It was just him and just me and he another table finally came in and he comes up to me and he's like oh you're lucky they came in because i was about to attack you and like that guy he's had multiple times where i've had issues with him and they let him still in your restaurant yes um (sighs) but you know when it's outward and direct like that you just mm-hmm. want to really just smash his face in because you cannot stand this yeah. person. You know they're a horrible well, person and would probably do horrible things to you if they knew they could get away with it. Oh, yeah. But, but at least with yeah. Hodges, he's ethical enough to not be like that to your face. Yeah. So he understands that you don't say the inside part out loud. Yeah. You just... He felt like, if I'm thinking about old school cop, like, he's that. Yes. There's nothing that I'm seeing yet that really differentiates himself. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where my question comes. Like, will he become a really interesting kind of 3D different character? Or is this just, is this going to be your classic hard-boiled detective kind of novel? Yeah. Um, totally fine if it is. I'm just curious because 
Like it's still really well done so far. It's very captivating. Stephen yeah. King is a very good writer. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So it's the same with Brady. I think Brady, Brady is, does fit that stereotype. He fits the stereotype of the psychopathic killer. I don't. Yeah. There were a few things that you mentioned in the summary for how you took Brady. I can't remember off the top of my head now, but I think he's not pathetic and he doesn't necessarily, he's not the kind of person that just allows people to walk all over him. I think it's calculated. Good way I to think make he, the way he, his internal monologue works, I think he's letting people do that so that nobody catches on that he's a psychopathic killer. Yeah, it arouses less suspicion. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's not a troublemaker at any of his jobs. He flies very much under the radar everywhere he can. Even when he's working, like, you see his internal monologue from when he's in the ice cream truck um, to how you know he's probably interacting with people. And it's just, like, night and day. Mm-hmm. Also, this was bothering me for a while, and I finally found the passage. It's on page twenty, page 28. Before we know Brady's the ice cream man, Hodges does say, like, it's the ice cream man at one point, because he knows that he's been spied on. Mm-hmm. In his own home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's been spying on him. And... I just found it and I'm just like, he did call it. I knew it. I knew it. Nice. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then what else was there? Yeah. They're just the way that they've gone and like the police obviously harassed Olivia Trelawney um, mm-hmm. because they were convinced she had some responsibility, even if it was just like negligence, but she was adamant that she did not forget leave a key in her car she did not have a spare key she only had the one and well she locked her car yeah and people were very unfair to how they treated her too because oh yeah to be fair she was very well she was very apathetic about it too she did not care about the people who died because of the crime she only cared really about the inconvenience it caused her because she was disgusted that's how that it Hodges happened. saw it. That's how Hodges saw it. We're going to get into more of her backstory later. Yeah. But. But yeah. And yeah. also they didn't have the Mercedes killer. They wanted. The public wanted someone to blame. And they only yeah. had her. Yeah. Yeah. She. She did not get her. She did not get any feel sort for of her. redemption. Or anything. I've, I know. I really feel for her. And then section. Are we done kind of with that section? I have a fun Ooh. fact. Ooh. And I've yes. been holding on to this for weeks. So I am okay. dying to share been, this. Okay. I have another thing I want to talk about that's just really neat. But you share yours first. Okay. So my fun fact is about the smiley face with sunglasses. The cool mm-hmm. emoji. So this book came out in 2014. 
It takes mm -hmm. place in 2009. All of this stuff is happening in 2009. And so my fun fact was that because this was taking place in 2009, I think this comes up in this section, but they're talking about how the letter that he received had the smiley face with emoji. And mm -hmm. it was a familiar thing to him. But the crime happened a year earlier. So this means that this was in 2010 when this stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the stuff. So when this crime happened, it was in 2009. And all of the information was released to the media about the smiley face with sunglasses, even though the police mm -hmm. had requested them specifically not to release this information because it could lead to either false um, false accusations of people who may have committed the crime or all these other yada 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 instances. Mm -hmm. So in 2009 is when the smiling face with sunglasses was in the media and on, I can't remember if it was letters or what have you, but it was referenced mm -hmm. for the 2009. But the smiling sun, smiling face with sunglasses was only added to the list of emojis in 2010. Mm -hmm. So there is a bit of a, of a timeline discrepancy there. And that is my fun fact. Is it? The smiley with sunglasses? Because he calls it the smiley with teeth. He says smiley with sunglasses, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's referenced. I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'll have to look it up. You go with your five. Because when the Mercedes killer sends a letter to Hodges, Hodges at some point, and I couldn't find this in the book because I just didn't mark it before, um, talks about how the Mercedes killer uses incremental repetition in his writing um okay. and that's where you kind of just say a similar phrase over and over and over again um yeah. king used that at the end of gray mercedes he used that exact writing technique um with the whole yes he had time right. to he had time to okay then i misread it um but yeah he uses incremental repetition at the end of gray mercedes with the he had time to think. He had time to think. He had time to think. There, there was time to think. And then time ran out. So in Grey Mercedes, when Brady kills all those people and kills, eventually goes and kills Augie, Patty, and uh, Janice, oh. King uses that exact literary technique. But then You're in the right. Mercedes killer letter to Hodges, uh, the Mercedes killer uses that exact same literary technique. Interesting. I just Good thought catch. that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. That's super interesting. Good one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so the passage on page 20 is <laughs> only this one's not the winking Walmart rollback smiley, but rather the email emoticon of smiley wearing dark glasses and showing his teeth. Okay, so I think I think I skipped the dark sunglasses part and just saw the teeth part. To be fair, it says dark glasses, so maybe it's not the yeah. sunglasses, and maybe it's that like nerd emoji. Yeah, I'm also. I would need to go back and on look the at cover. The I'm also just looking at the emoji that's on the cover, and I think that's part of what's baffling my brain. Oh, maybe that one doesn't have glasses though. They should have yeah. done the emoji that they were talking about. I know. I want to look this one up now. 
Okay. Cool things. Nerd emoji. Yeah, you're getting a whole history lesson on emojis. Love it. Okay, so the nerd emoji was only added in 2015. So that wouldn't have even been in 2014 when he wrote the book. So it would have had to have been the sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't exist until 2015. And he wrote in 2014. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so. We're on to you, Stephen King. (laughs) Slight continuity error. Time traveling. Caught you. I love it. All right. Shall we go over to Debbie's blue umbrella? And now, because there's a lot I want to talk about that happened in this section specifically. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Before we do, there's just two lines that I really appreciated in this. So the first one was on page 59. It says, Mrs. T's elderly mother, Elizabeth Wharton, lived in an apartment, a very nice one, with a room as big as a political candidate's promises. I appreciated that line so much. I thought it was so funny. And then the second one. I remember that. I think I (laughs) chuckled. It was so good. And the second one on page 62. Creepy as hell. You ever see that TV movie about the clown in the sewer? Obviously referencing (laughs) it. Well, even later, Hodges went and got um, a DVD copy of the film and talks about Pennywise, like later yeah. in the age. Yeah, and you're I'm right. Like, Way to I shout out I your did... own book. I know. I thought that was so funny. And that's 100% something I would do, too. Right? It was just so good. When, especially when the book, It, has become such like a cultural it's ingrained in our culture. Oh, 100%. The creepy clown. It, Pennywise yeah. the clown is just like everywhere. Yeah, definitely. In pop culture. It's so, so good. It, it, fit, it just fits so beautifully. And it it's, does. It's funny because it's the same author. It does. It's 100%. I love it. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go on with section I, three? Yeah, I can do Debbie's Blue Umbrella. So... We start off the section with Brady driving his ice cream truck around. He sh- serves Jerome, who helps Detective Hodges with, like, housework and yard work and stuff like that, for money, and Jerome's little sister, Barbara, and their dog, Odell. Um, you hear more about Brady's internal monologue, um, and he's thinking about how, he, in his poison pen letter, he told Hodges he wasn't going to kill again once was enough. You find out that the only reason he hasn't really been going to kill again is because he's been getting that thrill by harassing Olivia Trelawney to suicide. And now he's trying to do the same thing with Hodges. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting his mass, his thrill and fix through mass killings, he's getting it through harassing people associated with his mass killing to suicide. Um, and yeah, since he succeeded with Olivia, he's now trying Hodges because he thinks it's going to be easy. And not too easy, because that would be boring. Um, and then we go to Hodges. He's gone back to Olivia's old house. It's for sale. He's just sitting outside of it and gets in a um, conversation with a security guard. Uh, he finds out a little bit more about Olivia and Olivia's sister. He finds out her name um, and just like a little bit more 
uh, vague detail about Olivia herself. Um, by the end of that, he's he kind of unconsciously decides he's not turning anything over to the police, even though he's consciously telling himself he will. Um, which I'm not that surprised. It's ignited him again. Why would why would he do that, even if it isn't legal? Um, eventually, Hodges goes and calls. That was weird. Um, he goes and sorry, weird thing on my end of things. Hodges goes and calls Jerome over to check out the Debbie's Blue Umbrella website because he's afraid of phishing and like getting his identity stolen because Hodges doesn't understand the internet. Um, Jerome says he'll come over later and then Hodges calls we find out like the next day basically he called Janelle Patterson which is Olivia Trelawney's sister um, and he has an appointment to go see her, her next day this whole section kind of jumps around a lot. So like one or two sections is like in Brady's voice and the other is in Hodges. Mm -hmm. um, it's around this time. We also learn that Brady and his mom have an incestuous relationship and that his mom's an alcoholic and his younger brother was named Frankie. Um, we also find out that Brady lied about most things in the letter. He created an entirely different style of writing uh, from what he normally does. Um, and it's harder to track. He's literally doing it to try to just harass Hodges. Um, he, we find out Brady has like nine pounds of explosives in his plastic explosives in his closet and he wants to use it but he's hoping that getting Hodges to kill himself will stop those urges forever and you're learning like Brady does has these urges to kill people but he doesn't really want to because he doesn't care so enough but at the same time he can't handle those urges I think he's just like looking to feel something. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, I, I think he's too much of a coward that. to hurt himself. Mm -hmm. He contemplates offing himself with the explosives during that mass killing. Yeah, um, but only if it served the purpose of hurting other people at the same time. Exactly. So. Brady's interesting. Yeah. I don't like him, but he's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, the rest of the uh, section goes that Hodges meets, meets with Janelle Patterson, who and uh, tells us to call her Janie. Um, they have coffee together, and Janie uh, tells Hodges about more about Olivia and how Olivia was like super neurotic, like, like clinically neurotic. She needed to be on medication and she was well married and then went off it again once her husband died. Um, she, so like leaving her car unlocked or the key in the car 
is very unlike like this is not some this doesn't match up to who olivia was mm -hmm. um uh, hodges also find out finds out that olivia got a similar letter from the mercedes killer also inviting her to speak to the mercedes killer on under debbie's blue umbrella um it was a very different style of letter hodges learns that all the like identifiable parts of his letter were probably all just red herrings um except he's still there's one thing that's similar he calls perps perks like with a k and that's the only thing that's really similar um and then so they have a good thing hodges is hired as an unofficial private investigator into olivia's suicide um Later on that evening, Jerome comes over and basically tells, helps Hodge, Hodges figure out that the site is safe. You're not going to get fished. Like, it's actually a problem because you can't even print out uh, conversations that you have on that site. Jerome and Hodges decide to go for a walk to get ice cream. They end up going to an ice cream shop and see the Mr. Tasty truck go by. Uh, after they've already had their ice cream. And Jerome makes a comment that, ah, that Mr. Tasty is just like a cop. Hodges is like, what? What's going on? And he goes, he's never there when you need him. Which I just think that's kind of funny. Um, it was funny. Yeah. And then you see Brady, Brady's point of view. Brady's getting really annoyed that Hodges hasn't taken the bait for the De under Debbie's blue umbrella yet. He thought he would take it immediately and then you flip back to hodges and he's thinking how best to talk to the mercedes killer because he could go on and like pretend to be suicidal but then like he knows the mercedes killer is smart and we'll figure out he's being played at some point so how do you talk to this person right mm -hmm. um he wakes up in the middle of the night with an idea and signs on messages the mercedes killer and basically tells him bullshit i don't believe that you're the mercedes killer which he's decided to use that to kind of poke prod him egg him on um already sees the message it becomes absolutely enraged and is like how do i hurt him how do i hurt him i think he's gonna kill jerome's dog yeah that's what it's hinting towards yes because he's already talked about possibly poisoning the dog before well he's um, talked about poisoning because he's everybody. super racist yeah but he, he's like super racist he hates that this kid has an upper middle class life and a quote-unquote white name um, i know and he's just and, like and that his sister basically had a white name too yeah and then he's mad that the dog has a quote-unquote black name like, yeah. there's a lot. Oh, also Jerome. Hodges asks Jerome kind of about the whole key in the car situation. And Jerome correctly guesses that this is all related to the Mercedes killer. Um, he's a smart kid. He's like, what, 17 or something like that? 16? Yeah. And he's, he's like young. president of the debate club and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, super smart. Um, but Jerome tells Hodges a story about 
Jerome's mother, how she had the one key and one day Jerome's dad drove that car and found the spare key in the glove box. And Jerome's mother didn't even know it was there. Didn't even think it existed. Um, So Hodges is like, maybe Olivia just got overwhelmed with that whole new package information that they're spewing, that the dealership is talking to you about and didn't notice that there was a spare key in that package. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that would be interesting is if it's a push to start car, and I know this because mine is, if I leave the key in my car, like Mm -hmm. my spare key in the car and try to lock it with my other one, it will not lock. It'll lock and then immediately unlock itself because I have that spare key in there. So they mentioned key in the ignition. So I'm uh, I'm imagining it's a key car. Yeah, Um, that would make sense then. And they didn't quite have those same uh, fail safes back in the day. You could still lock your key in the car. Also, Brady mentions thing one and thing two. And I forget what thing one is, but he did explain what it was. Thing two. Oh, it was that remote. Yeah. That remote changes the traffic lights. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's the remote that changes the traffic lights. I think thing two unlocks cars. Hmm, that's a good one. That's probably because that. Yeah, because forensics looked at the car and there's no evidence that it was jury-rigged or hot-wired. No. Um, and they even mentioned cars like that, it's hard to do, so you would see it. Yeah. No, you're right. That, that's actually a really these, good spot. Like, he's a bit of an inventor. Like, yeah. you realize he thought up Roomba, and then as he was busy building the prototype, Roomba came out. Yeah. So he's a bit of an inventor. It he's makes a smart sense. Guy. He's genuinely yeah. a smart guy. Yeah. Wild. A lot was to unpack like, there. So much a to lot. unpack. I know. I'm just like, I want the dog to be okay i don't think the dog will be okay i don't think so Um, either i think he's choosing the dog because he wants to hurt them but he knows that he can't directly kill them without some sort of evidence yeah 100 percent um i think i want to know how he killed his younger brother you know i think i'm also a little terrified (laughs) The evidence seems like he pushed him down a flight of stairs, but then he talks about his brother at the bottom of the stairs, and it seems like he might have stabbed him. Like, that's Maybe. kind of the vibe that I'm getting, but I'm not, obviously, I don't know. But mm-hmm. something yeah. happened. And I want to know why it happened. Like, what? Because it <sighs> says that the, what mom did the mother kind do? Of enabled it. Yeah. Yeah. Or instigated it, or it was quote-unquote her idea. Yeah, like, how does that happen? But also, like, I know she suffers from alcoholism, but Mm -hmm. even then, how can that, like, as as a mother, how can, I, I guess I just can't fathom the idea, like. I know, I'm like, but also, how did her and Brady's relationship, ooh start like I'm, I'm almost grateful that they didn't dive too deep into it but when he kissed yeah. her on the lips i got Whoa. the biggest egg. gagging yeah 
Well, yeah, it was yeah. so gross. Like, and him, As... like, standing outside her door and thinking of her naked and... Uh, no, no, no. Mm -mm. I, I like know. It. I know. But, I know. And I'm afraid I mean, that the next really section... Well with his character. It does. I know. In I'm the worst like, way possible. It fits with his character with the worst way possible. Yeah. No, it's... Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. And... As a parent, I can't think of doing that in any way right? shape or form i'm just like Bleh. right like i yeah it's it's very disturbing and just that whole relationship i would be happy to never know anything more about it because i feel like you know the next section, i know and that's what i'm afraid of in the next section is that there's gonna be like some sort of uh you know thing going on that i don't yeah. I guess we'll know about. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, we picked but, a doozy of a book for our first book club. Oh, it was it's so good and <laughs> it's so good um, though. So, something about Janie Patterson. Mm -hmm. She was like when we're introduced to her, people really are talking down on the situation. So basically, mm -hmm. she comes and claims the estate of her sister, which. Mm -hmm. rightfully she did legally she did she left her yeah. husband she divorced him and she sent her mom to a nursing home but which her mom should have done like she yeah. should have been in a nursing home well, the thing is that that's how they're introducing her but only when we talk to her do we learn that you know her husband was a drug user and wouldn't stop so mm -hmm. there was like trauma from that so she moved halfway across the country to get away from that and divorced him it wasn't for the money it wasn't for the estate it wasn't for anything she mm -hmm. was doing that one good thing for herself because she had an opportunity and then yeah, she could now her, live without her husband yeah and she's not staying in the house she's staying at her mother's condo but her mother mm -hmm. requested to be moved to the retirement home her mm -hmm. mom requested it. She didn't force her out. She didn't force her to go anywhere. And it's a great retirement yeah. home, too. Yeah. And it's like, we learned that the mother's pain was being poorly managed. Yeah. Um, partly because they couldn't have someone in there 24-7 whose job it was to manage this. Yeah. She has that at the retire at the home. Yeah. And she's so much happier there. So she... Mm -hmm was really introduced in poor light, but that was really good writing on Stephen King's behalf because I feel like that's mm -hmm. exactly how people talk about other people behind their back. They give kind of like the generic, like the Coles notes of things. They don't really go mm -hmm. into detail to be like, oh, you know, this is probably what they were thinking. This is probably the situation. They don't think at that deep mm -hmm. of a level when you're conveying information about somebody who isn't involved in the conversation. Yeah. So... I felt like that was really good on his behalf to introduce her that way and then have it make sense coming from her. And yeah, I think that was really, really well done. Yeah. And I really liked getting to know more about Olivia Trelawney in this section too. Mm -hmm. Because I, th I think Olivia's innocent. I think she didn't oh. do anything wrong. Totally. I totally agree with you. And at the end where Jerome explains about like his mom's situation, like that's something mm -hmm. I would do too. Like yeah. I would not know better. Why would yeah. I? And especially like, if you don't use your spare key, like mm -hmm. 
Why? Yeah. I don't even know where mine is right now. (laughs) I know where mine is because Peter and I have one each. Um, Fair. But, like, just knowing how neurotic and anxious she was, it's obvious she didn't do it on purpose. You would have known. Yeah, she, she was... Like, she made Janie late to things as children because she yeah. imagined the oven was on and they had to go go back or, like, the door wasn't locked. Yeah. Like, she's not going to forget. And especially if the car makes a beeping noise, if your key's yeah. left in the ignition, too, you're mm-hmm. not going to forget about that. No. You're not going to pass it by or... It doesn't matter. I think Brady used Thing 2 to open the car and then the key happened to be he knew that the key was in the glove box for whatever reason yeah i think you're right and if he didn't know he just took a gamble and got lucky because he mm-hmm. he maybe tried it on cars before that didn't have anything mm-hmm. and he didn't want to leave any evidence he was very specific about wearing a hairnet and washing mm-hmm. out the mask that he wore with bleach and stuff like yeah. that so he was thinking about not leaving behind any sort of evidence at all. And that was yeah. his ticket. I think yeah. you're absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he picked a- her, her car at random. Yeah. And just well, happened the to The question be the now is, was it random or did he know? Yeah. And I'd be curious. So, like, he's not a wealthy person. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he drives probably an average to beat up car Mm -hmm. or the ice cream truck. So how did he get in the gated community to steal her car when there's security? There's condo in the gated community. Cause I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, it was at the mother's Yeah. And Olivia parked in street level free parking. Yeah. Okay. I see that now. I, I, I must have missed that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't the gated community. That's, she was visiting yeah. her mother. That makes sense. Yeah, because they yeah, because they were giving her a hard time about not going to a parking garage that was a little bit of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. I missed that part. Learning about her neuroticism is Ooh. it really opened the door to like understanding the situation a little bit more yeah and it's background that the police definitely didn't had yeah like i olivia she is truly another victim i know and even just reading the letter too like Mm -hmm. it's very clearly hinting like oh you must you must really want to kill yourself for that like you must feel awful everyone hates you Mm -hmm. don't go to the police with this they won't believe you anyways and you know sign on under debbie's blue umbrella or i'll kill myself because i can't live with this guilt i know and like i i i'm obviously not a psychopath because i genuinely cannot understand Mm -mm. how you could pick at somebody's insecurities fears and all these horrible things like how can you pick on that and convince somebody to kill themselves and they actually kill themselves and you don't feel any remorse or you get a thrill from it yeah it yeah it's 
Ugh. It's a wild ride, this book. Right? And I'm so glad that we get to talk about it now because Me we've too. been holding this in for so long. Right? Because we couldn't meet <sighs> for so long. I know. I'm just... <sighs> Stephen King, man. He, he, he is... pulls at your emotions. Oh, yeah. He knows exactly what strings to pull. Yeah. Um, I did have two lines in from this section that I really appreciated as well that I'd like to share. Please share. So on page 125, the line is, even on the darkest day, the sun shines on some dog's ass. (laughs) I thought it was so funny. I love that. I I totally appreciated it. It was so funny. And then on page 133, Hodges Mm -hmm. uses his finger to swap some ice cream off his cone and extends the dripping finger to the dog, Odell, who cleans it with alacrity. And um, that one, I didn't know what alacrity meant, but it means brisk and cheerful readiness. Aw, I like that word. Yeah, it's a good one. It's it's cool. I've never heard it before, so that was really cool. I like that. Yeah. All right. So I think that leads us to our next bit of reading. Read for you I'm to so excited. To- Oh my gosh, right? We left on the biggest cliffhanger and Hodge's response it was really Oh my gosh, it was perfect. I don't know if it's the biggest cliffhanger but it's definitely a big one. I'm like I'm dying. Literally like yeah, I'm dying to read it. I literally cannot wait. I cannot. Okay, yeah. so all y'all who are following along we are going to read to Kisses on the Midway, which is about page 313. Yes. Uh, or next time. Yeah. Which I don't think we have the date set yet for when this comes out, but we'll get that to you as soon as we work out our calendars. Absolutely. We're still, Amazing. the theme of our other podcast, The Rooted Homestead, is figuring it out and Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we're doing here too is we're still figuring it out and Mm -hmm. you guys get to be along with us for the journey so yeah figure it out with us and hopefully we can cater this and make it everything that we're all looking for yeah how's detective Bill Hodges going to catch Mercedes killer Kermit Bill Hodges Kermit Bill William Hodges Yes, I love that name. Perfect. Oh, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And he hates it so much. It's great. I know. It's great. Right. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll chat soon. Happy reading. Yeah.